Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And before I jump into the content of the podcast today, I just want to give you guys a, a very quick update on myself. I sometimes do this. You know, I own a home in Oregon, and I've owned this home since 2012, I believe. I, I ran a, my gym here, CrossFit Human Evolution Labs, from 2006 until 2013, I believe that was right. I left in 2013, went overseas and started opening gyms internationally. But I had my gym and I bought a home and I lived in it for one year. But ever since then, my friends, my brothers, my family, I have rented it. And sometimes I go through a change of tenants and I just went through. So my tenant from the past couple of years just left. I got a new tenant in. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys, <laughs> not that it's you know, breaking news. But the reason why I'm sharing it is because had I not gotten a new tenant, I would be telling you, my brothers, that I would be staying in Oregon for a while. I would be moving into my home in Oregon and doing some renovations, doing some some changes, some buildup in the backyard, maybe an ADU, right? Auxiliary dwelling unit, you know, putting in an extra unit in the back. And that's not going to happen now because I have a tenant that signed a new lease on October 1st. So I'm going back on the road. That's what I'm telling you, brother. So I will be going back. I'm getting back on a plane. <laughs> it is. It's happening. And where I end up, I don't know, but I will let you know when I get there. The possibilities, I want to say are limitless, but we are limited actually to planet Earth. At least at this point, we're limited to planet Earth. So the possibilities are within the realm of this planet, but that is really the extent of the limitation, brothers, and it could be anywhere. So I'll let you guys know as soon as I know, but let's get into the content today. And the content today, actually, it's from this term that I've been talking about, this idea of stuck energy, and I really want to go into it. In fact, over the weekend, I had a very clear example, like Source gave me a very clear example, said, this is what you're going to do the podcast on. It came to me. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk to the brothers about because it was such a very obvious example of what it means to have stuck energy. And the way it came across was so clean, you know, it was so obvious. It was so beautiful that I wanted to share this with you guys because you'll see it so cleanly. And then once you see it, you have that further ability to recognize it in your own life, in your own beingness, because the stuck energy is another way to say lack of presence, is another way to say rumination, right? Ruminating. Another way to say, you know, to have inner deafness or worrying. And when I say this, I mean, it's, it's like getting or being in your head, right? To be in your head is another way to say you have stuck energy. And like I said, I'm going to give you an example, but first I'm going to tell you a story. And this is a story of stuck energy. It's an old story. And I think I've told you guys the story before on previous podcasts. You, you know, I, I tell similar stories. I tell the same story over and over and over again because um, we, <laughs> as human beings, we tend to go through the same lessons over and over again. You know, we're all in different phases of our soul's releasing of its forgetting. You know, we're all going through this, I want to call it evolution, this change, but it, it is change. It, it's returning to the experience that is 
free, right? The, the experience of oneness. And we're all moving there, but we're all in different stages of that journey, right? But because we're all moving there, we're all in different stages of that journey. All of these stories, whether they're Buddhist stories, Christian stories, whether they're Sufi, Muslim stories, whether they're Hindu stories, you know, none of that really matters. They all resonate with us. They all tell us the same thing. They all say the same thing. And the stories that I tell often, at least on this podcast, are the story of the farmer and the villager, which you guys might remember, the maybe, maybe not story. But also this story, and I don't tell it as often, but it's a great story of understanding what it means to have stuck energy, to not be present. And it's a story of the master monk and the student monk, okay, the teacher monk and the, and the student monk. And they were returning from the marketplace to the temple out in the country, right? So they're going from the city to the country and they're walking and they're going out and they're on this path and they're on this road together and they're walking together side by side in silence, you know, very present, you know, experiencing the bliss of, of presence and they come across a stream, very narrow, shallow stream and yet there is a lady standing at the stream who appears to want to cross and yet is not crossing. She's not crossing. She doesn't want to get wet, her feet wet. So the, the, the senior monk, master monk, teacher monk, however you want to call me, in one effortless sort of graceful, powerful motion, as he and his junior, as he and his student are walking side by side, he swoops and, and takes this woman across his arms, walks, without breaking a stride, walks across the little stream, that's shallow, narrow, flowing uh, bit of water. And then just as gracefully as he swooped her up, picked her up, he sets her back down onto the ground and continues walking. And all of this done without a word being said or a pause being taken in the walk. Now, of course, because there was nothing being said, he never stopped. He never stopped. He never picked her up. He never asked permission. Never, nothing. It just as if it, as if he didn't pick her up and walked across the stream. It was almost that effortless. And of course, it blows the mind of the junior monk who wonders what just happened. It is outside of our vows to not only touch a woman, right? Because these, these monks have taken vows of celibacy and chastity and all these things. Not only really touch a woman, but to, but to take her across your arms in such, a, in such a way, such a familiar way, that the junior monk just cannot believe what he's seen. He, he's dumbstruck and he's wondering, he's thinking the rest of the trip back to the temple, back to the countryside. What is he going to say to the other monks? What has he seen? He's seen his teacher, his guru, his master break vows, break solemn lineage vows. You know, does he say something to his teacher? Was he, is he too embarrassed to say anything to his teacher? Is this something, does his teacher have, does it know something? Does he have some special knowledge? Is something special of this woman that he should have known? Or the river, perhaps? Or maybe the time of day, the position of the sun? Or maybe it was the time of year, the position of the stars? And he's thinking about getting back, and he said, what does he say to the other monks? Does he tell the other monks what he saw? You know, does he be a rat, quote unquote, you know? Does he tell on his master? Or maybe it's not so much telling on his master as much as just sharing this news, this information, this thing that he saw that he can't understand. And this is happening in his mind. and He's going over and over and over in his mind until finally they approach the temple. They reach the countryside and approach the temple. They can see it. It's within their vision. It's within 100 yards and now 100 feet as they approach. And finally, the junior monk can't stand it anymore. 
he breaks his silence. He breaks his silence and says, Master, you must tell me, what do I do? What do I do? What did you do? What did you do? What did I see? And what do I do from with what I saw? And the master, he said, what? What are you talking about? And what have you seen? What have you seen, my young disciple, my young student? What is it? Tell me. Tell me what you've seen. And the student doesn't understand this answer. He's like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean, what have I seen? I've seen you break your vow. I've seen you touch a woman. I've seen you lift a woman up into your arms and carry her across a river. And the master said, what? When did you see? When, when did, where? Where, 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 where did this happen? You're seeing this? Where are you seeing this? And the junior monk says, no, no, it was back there. It was back at the river. Remember, you picked her up and you carried her across the river. And then the master says, oh, well, I put her down. I put her down many, many meters, many, many hours ago, you know, miles, hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? Why are you still hanging on to her? And that's the end of the story. And of course, that's, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, like, because the junior monk is caring. He's not present. When the master monk first asks, like, what did you see? What are you seeing? The master monk is thinking, oh, the, the junior monk is seeing something here now. And he cannot believe he's seeing something, a vision, an epiphany, an insight. And it's so powerful. He, he must tell his master and he can't hold it back. But then when he tells him it's from the past, Oh, so you're just hanging on. You're just, you have this energy that's stuck. You know, there was energy. And the moment, the moment you saw that, right? And here's the, what I mean by stuck energy. Stuck energy is the, the rumination. It's the memory. It's the turning over and over again in your mind of an impression, of a moment, of a moment that happened but hasn't been allowed to pass through you yet because you're clinging to it. You're hanging on to it. You know, that's that clinging that the Buddha talks about, the clinging mind. You, you hang on to that thought and, and it runs and runs and runs. So it becomes stuck. And of course, what are thoughts? Thoughts thoughts are energy. Thoughts are moving energy, right? Thoughts are part of the energetic realm of mental or mind. So we have this energy that's moving. It's moving through and then it gets stuck and you hold on to it. You cling to it. But even the physical part of it, you know, it's what the monk saw. It's what the junior monk saw. He saw that and that also is moving energy. You know, we are moving energy. We're moving cellular energy, moving molecular energy. And at the quantum level, everything is just the same energy, right? Cells and molecules, they've all become the same. Sticky goo of oneness. But it's still energy. And you're still seeing, you're still observing, you're still witnessing it. You know, we're touching it. You know, our eyes touch light. Our ears touch sound. All of the five senses are a form of touch. And so we touch that energy, but then it gets stuck because we hold on to that energy. You see, that junior monk held on to the energy of what he saw, that energy of the impression, the idea, the, the image. It got stuck. Now, that's the story, right? That's the Buddhist story. What I witnessed was something similar. So I went to the trampoline. It's not actually a trampoline park. I want to say it's a trampoline park, but it does have trampolines there. It's got a lot of bouncy trampolines, but it's also got slides. It's got rings and, and swings and zip lines and uh, obstacle course. It's more of a parkour place. I could imagine that if you had a kid that was into parkour, this would be a great place to get them uh, practicing before they, you know, go out on, onto the, the streets and do their free running. So um, that's the kind of place it is. Great, great stuff. And I went there with my brother and my niece and my niece's uh, friend. We picked up my niece's friend and 
And we took the two of them. So my brother and I are watching my niece's friend on this trampoline. And it's one person at a time on the trampoline, these, this particular area because of the, the size and you, know, you bounce off the walls. It's, it's a wild place. Like you can jump on the trampoline, bounce off the walls. The walls are made of trampolines. So you're bouncing. It's just crazy. And there was this little boy who wanted to get on the trampoline, but my niece's friend was on it. And I just watched the interaction between the two of them. You know, little boy was pouting and sulking and, you know, he was calling her name saying, it's my turn, my turn. You know, you've had enough time. You're being selfish. Da, da, da. And, and, you know, my niece's friend is saying, you know, it's first come, first serve. I'll get off when I'm done. I'm, I, just wait your turn. You know, be patient, blah, blah, blah. You know, so they're going back and forth and I'm watching this interaction and it's all very fascinating. And, and of course, then my niece comes over and my niece's friend, you know, they're kind of doing their thing within this boy then becomes, you know, they, they kind of like, I don't know what happened, but for some reason, he kind of gravitated towards them or, or they kind of gravitated towards him. And, and they became this like thing where the trampoline was being used and my niece's friend was on it, then my niece was on it and, and he stepped away and then they slipped in. And, and so things got weird. And, and the whole thing about it was... Once we left it, I'm watching this. I'm just laughing. I'm just having a good time laughing at this because I don't know. You know. To me, this is all just happening, <laughs> right? Because for me, it's just incarnation. For me, it's the unfolding of perfection as it occurs. I don't really, whatever's going on, whatever's being said, whatever's being felt, whatever's being done, it's it's happening. So, so I'm observing and doing what I usually do, which is uh, laughing, <laughs> laughing, off-gassing that energy of the way I flow energy through me is usually with some kind of laughter. And... Then my brother says, okay, girls, time to go. You know, it's time to go. We'd, we'd had our time there. We started to go. But the stuck energy comes in is that, you know, as the drive home, you know, we're talking about things and stuff and what we're, and the girls start talking about this boy, right? And they start talking about this boy. And it's so fascinating because I could feel, so I'm sitting in the car while this is happening. I can feel the energy of both the girls and my brother. When I say feel the energy, of course, I just mean I'm being present. I'm just kind of observing. I'm not in my head. I'm not thinking about my thoughts. I'm more just in my body, right? I'm just present in my body. It's almost like in a, in a waking meditative state. And, and I can feel the girls, right? Because the girls are back there ruminating on kind of like, did we do the right thing? You know, I can hear a little defensiveness, right? They're kind of explaining themselves. Like, did we do the right thing? Did we treat this this boy kindly? Were we nice? Did we stand our ground and, and enjoy our time while at the same time make space for everybody to have a good time and, and for him to enjoy? And, and did we get off in time? And But at the same time, we wanted to be on there. And, and all of that, so I could hear like they're rationalizing, right? They're just rationalizing. They're replaying it over and over and over and over in their mind. And my brother's kind of doing it too, which is so fascinating because my brother's doing his version of it. But of course, as the parent's, his version of it is to repeat over and over and over again what he wants his daughter to learn. So every so often as I hear my niece and her friend, so my niece's name is Reagan and her friend is Harley. So Harley and Reagan, you know, they're, they're talking and talking and talking. And every so often my brother, my brother comes up with, well, I'll say it again. And he says it again. Like, this is what I would have done. Da, 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 right. And then Harley and Reagan go off and they, and then that kind of creates a little bit of a whirlpool, right? That creates a little bit of a vortex of energy because once my brother says that, then of course, what is, you know, my assumption, and this is pure assumption, I'm just rolling this in my mind is what could be happening based on the A-line that I'm observing from my niece and, and her friend is, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so he says that maybe she's now thinking, okay, so I now need daddy's approval, right? Did I do the right thing? So now she's getting more defensive with what she's saying. And then he says it again, the same exact thing. And now she says it again. And then he says it again. And she says it again. And then her friend says it again. And, it just, and I can see it, right? It's so wild. And I'm just kind of smiling and laughing, of course, because the source is coming through me like, this is the podcast. <laughs> this is what my family needs, right? This is what my brothers need on the podcast because it was happening so clearly that almost the entire ride home, I could have said anything about to anybody about like, where are we? What road are we on? 
Like we could talk about colors, we could talk about places, we could talk about, but just being here, like how do you feel, right? There's so much of the presence that was being missed, but this isn't even the quote unquote big deal, right? And none of it's a big deal, right, brothers? Like none of it's a big deal because it's all unfolding in perfection. Like it's all the lesson, even that, even the ruminating as a thing is still a part of the shadow and the gift is in the shadow. So from the ruminating, we find the insight, but we find the insight only when we become aware of our ruminating and we allow that ruminating to relax. It's kind of a surrender. It's a letting go. It's a breath, right? You breathe, you relax. It's like preparing yourself for a massage. You know, you get on the table, you get ready, and then you take that deep breath out and you feel your whole body just, right? Like it's the gift in the shadow. So none of it's bad. None of it's wrong. We just find that that ruminating, it gets stuck. It gets stuck as energy. Now for my niece and for her friend and even for my brother, you know, this was an obvious example of something I wanted to share with you brothers. Now, what does this look like in your lives? Well, here's the thing. In your lives, (laughs) we are adults, right? We're adults. My niece is 11. So when energy gets stuck for her, you know, part of how she moves it through is with the talking and, and we kind of blow it through and we kind of see if we can come to some kind of mental surrender, right? Which is the letting go, which is, the, okay, it's in the past, right? It's gone, it's behind you and you, you let it go. But again, she's a kid, she's a child. So as adults, where is our ruminating? You know, where is our unconscious thought patterns? Where do our limiting beliefs exist? You know, unfortunately, they're not so superficial, to use the term, as it means, as it's defined by on the surface, you know, because as an 11-year-old, it's on the surface. It's right there. She just left that trampoline park. You know, she just left the trampoline park and she's thinking about it and she's ruminating on it. She's talking about it and it's happening. It's there. And it's done. You know, that's why it's important <laughs> for kids to talk about experiences when they're really highly, highly, highly traumatic, because if they don't, they get stuck in their head and they get ruminating and and that energy gets moving. But as adults, we don't talk about it, right? We just don't. And it's from maybe years of rumination. It might've happened. There might've been something that happened that got stuck as energy in our childhood, teenage years, early adulthood. And then we ruminated on, but we ruminated on it, not in a way where we're aware of it, not in a way where we're talking about it in the back seat of a car ride on the way home from when it just happened. You see, as adults, we pile it down, we stuff it down, we hold on to it, we hold on to it, we make it true, we repeat it over and over and over and over and over again until it's true, and then we live in the prison of that false truth. And that's why we begin with the thought downloads, brothers. We begin with the thought downloads because we got to figure out what is the stuck energy? What is it? You know, what is the thought? And you can reverse engineer the model of alignment anytime you want. We do that often in the academy. We take it from the results because it's not always so easy to go into your mind. For some contemplative humans, humans, you know, souls that have incarnated that are more in the contemplative sway, of their energy, they can do a meditative state and go in and see the thoughts, you know, observe and become aware. You know, for others, it requires the thought download. We have to write them down. We have to look at them and see them. And for others, we have to reverse engineer the model, right? We have to look at the results in our lives. We have to see what is the tangible stuff that we've created that we're working with. 
what are we being given as lemons that we're now offered offered to create, make lemonade out of it. And I'm not saying that there's a good or a bad. I'm not saying that we're making a good situation out of a bad situation. I hope that you guys know that. If this is not your first podcast episode, then I know that you know that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the results in your life, what's ever going on in your life in result is coming from your actions. Your actions are being driven by those thoughts, by that energy. So in order to change it, we have to release the energy. And that's one of the big I want to say misunderstandings, perhaps, of the personal development community, the personal development industry as a whole, because we're not developing anything. We're actually demolishing. <laughs> to be completely see, honest or truthful, to be as accurate as in our statements, as accurate in our communication as possible. We're not personally developing. We are personally demolishing. And what are we demolishing? We're demolishing the not-self. We're demolishing the limiting beliefs. We're demolishing the stories that hold us back from recognizing and remembering who we truly are. Again, it's just, it's story. You guys have heard me say over and over again, everything is story. Everything is story. It is story. It is story. The same way it's just story. What my niece and her friend are talking about in the backseat. It's story. It's happened. It's done. It no longer exists. Here we are in the car driving home. And they have the story running in their mind of what is not happening. And I'll even go so far as to say of what never happened. Because if we were to ask that boy what happened, he would tell us a different story. And according to him, that story is true. But that story didn't happen either. Well, no more than the story that the girls are telling. Because the stories aren't what's happening. The stories don't happen. It happens and then we're free of it. You see, it happens and then we're in the next happening. What happens is no longer there. It's only what's happening. What's happened is the stuck energy. That's what we let go of. That's what we release. It's like a heavy backpack. You just take off and come back to the present. Leave the past. Leave the backpack in the past. Leave it behind you. There are no problems here. There are no problems now. If I were to ask any of you to point to a problem, point to it. Show me. Where is the problem? Point to a problem in your life. You can't. And I hesitate. You guys know how I feel about the word can't. I use it very, very sparingly, and I'm using it intentionally. You can't. You can't point to a problem. You can explain to me a problem. You, know, you can tell me a story of a problem, but you can't point to something in the world and say, there, look, see, that. Conceptually, do you guys understand that? Because once you point to something and I look at it, then you'll have to explain to me why what you're pointing to is a problem. Because what I'm looking at isn't the problem. What I'm looking at is the circumstance. You know, you have to go that extra step and tell me a story about it to make it a problem. And that's why I know it's not there. It doesn't exist. You can't show me a problem. You can't show me. You can't point to anything that's a problem in this world. You can only tell me a story about why you think it's a problem. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be condescending or, or judgmental. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying that we are not moving towards remembering. And that a part of that moving towards remembering is being forgetful. Are problems the same as being forgetful? Maybe. Now we're talking about a definition of a word. I just want to talk about stuck energy. 
I just want to say to you guys, look, be here, be now. Look and see. See what is it. What are you pointing at? What is there? What is it? You're pointing at the floor. I see glass shards. I see milk. Where's the problem? What? I see glass. I see milk. What? What's the problem? Oh, the story that you're telling me is that the glass should be on the table and the milk should be in it. You see, it wasn't supposed to fall off the table and break. So, so that's a problem. But it's not a problem unless you have the story. You're just pointing at the ground. Show me. Show me where it's a problem. Show me. Point to it. Without the story, and say there. That is. Why? Why is it a problem? Now you can tell me. Because of the why. Because of the story. But to look at it, it's not. And that's presence, brothers. That's to be present. That's to be here to see it. To see it as it is, as we are, as all must be. Because otherwise your energy gets stuck. Your energy gets stuck in what? In creating problems just so you can find solutions. And that's exactly what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. You know, that's the arsonist and the firefighter being the same person. Starting the fire just so you can put it out. That's the stuck energy. Let's ruminate on this problem so we can find a solution. Make ourselves important, busy. <laughs> no, no, you're here. Breathe. Release the energy. Release it. Let it go. Bring your thoughts, bring your mind back to here, back to now. Breathe and relax your body. And these are all techniques that we work on in the Academy Brothers. I love you guys. I will see you next week. And until then, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.